0: Hey everybody, how's it going? Good morning. Hope you had a good weekend. Morning. We sound good. All right. Uh, We are on Monday here, so it is Streamcast Day. Um, Hope you enjoyed the past couple of episodes. Today is going to be UFOs, aliens, conspiracies, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm going to have Wicked Tricks and Rascal with me again today. They've uh, compiled some cool stories. Uh, I'll be learning a lot of stuff right along with you guys. Um, So this should be quite fun, quite unique uh, for me anyway.
1: So uh, let's go ahead and jump back in.
2: Alright guys, we are up and running. So...
3: Hello.
2: <laughs> I've already clued them in on uh, to who's
0: here. Excited mm-hmm. to see uh, the, the streamcast usuals. Um but today's topic is UFOs, aliens, conspiracies, stuff like that. So uh yeah, um I've always been intrigued by the idea of uh of unidentified flying objects and aliens. Um I think it would be ridiculous to assume we're we're, uh, the only intelligent life uh, in the universe. Um, Whether or not they're stealing rednecks in the night and anally probing them, I don't know. But uh, there's some interesting thoughts and theories. Um, And I've kind of just gotten into them just being a curious person and liking the paranormal and stuff that's outside of the normal. but I'm not as deep into it as some people. I definitely don't know mu- as much about it as uh, as you guys seem to. So uh, how did uh, how did you guys get into aliens and and UFOs and that kind of thing? We'll start with you, Wicked.
3: Uh, I guess I got into it when I was probably uh I want to say ten, ten or eleven years old. I had a an experience in Cub Scouts that kind of piqued my interest. Um, And then I started, you know, researching it, following it, talking to other people about it. So it's,
2: you know, been doing it for a minute. How about you, Rascal? uh really hard to put a i guess a uh a, an exact date on it
4: again uh my dad was really into this stuff uh so from a, from at the very least a very young age like i there i think there was something always on uh t v or other you know materials and stuff like that that always kind of like you know piqued my interest about it and i kind of lost touch with it probably in my teenage years because i was too busy you know playing you know well i was doing at that
2: time um it's all a blur i'm losing time anyway uh <laughs> you know and then um i got into my
4: my 20s and stuff like that and was like oh okay i kind of rediscovered that and more information was available on the internet as it expanded and started reading about some of the ideas and the theories behind spacecraft and things like that and how to go about building one and the type of civilizations it would take you know to do it which
2: is all really interesting to me nice so I guess we should just kind of jump in the deep end of uh, of the UFO thing um so well' so I guess it's not too deep because
0: if if I can think of it it's pretty shallow on this topic but uh one of the things I wanted to touch on in anything uh when I think of of alien life or 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 at least life alien to us um I always think back to what if they've already come um I'm sure you guys have all heard theories of we were able to engineer such things as the pyramids and what have you because of extraterrestrial influence and uh I think I think it's it's entirely possible that they've they've affected uh that, that they could be a something that affected our our uh technological advancement uh in ancient times and hell even in modern times. Looking at you, Elon Musk. Um, (laughs) What do you guys think of that idea of the ancient aliens kind of uh, they came before and and they gave us a boost and they faded away or they died off? That kind of thing. Where do you guys land on that? Kafka says they died in Antarctica. Nice.
3: I have a deep, uh, a really deep view on on what people call aliens. read a lot of books. Uh one particular author is Zachary Sitchin. Uh, he's wrote a lot like the the fiery chariots and stuff. He he looks back in history at all the events that would to modern man look like a you know a UFO encounter, right?
1: Uh-huh.
3: Uh fire chariots in the sky, you know, wheeled machines, the the Native American, or not Native American, but the Indian um, books that are like, you know, eight, nine, 10,000 years old, they talk about manas and different things in the sky and different sky battles. And you got to do your research. But the the conclusion I come to after all of that reading and stuff is I think that they're just, and this is kind of out there for some people, but I don't really think that, They're aliens in the sense that they're a whole lot different from us. They're aliens in the sense that if they have came here, if they have visited or if they've been here in the past, they're just a different kind of star child. He talks about how everything comes from the sun. Everything's made out of carbon. And nature's pretty consistent on Earth when it comes to life forms. And he talks along the lines that throughout the universe that us, aka Star Children, right? In uh-huh. one form or another, are throughout the universe. That's kind of where my head's at on the whole view of what aliens are.
1: I dig it, I dig it. Kafka
0: says uh, even the Bible talks about all that stuff, and uh, Zozo Crazy Girl says that all they got to say is they don't believe in aliens.
3: Yes, she does not. I will convince her eventually.
0: <laughs> I've always thought there's maybe some credence to, uh, to angels or what we would call as gods and what have you, or, or just visitations from either uh, another dimension or uh, another planet.
1: A uh, distinct possibility. Uh, what do you think, Rascal, on the topic so far?
2: Uh, well, I think a lot. Um, there's, I don't know, there's, there's some ways
4: of thinking it. it's, you know, funny that, you know, you bring up the Bible, because I think I'd mentioned, you know, my conversation with my buddy who's been rereading the Old Testament and stuff like that. And there's some, some interesting stuff in there. And also, the, a lot of the artwork that you see is very interesting. And some of the stories as well, I actually ran across one recently about uh, from the uh, the Viking Age where uh it was the the long ship in the sky effectively uh-huh. is uh is how they described it um which is like a recurring theme across multiple civilizations and cultures sort of you know right. like the chariot in the sky then it's like the ship in the sky literally a boat and it's like how would you how would you describe that i guess um you know, from from their perspective, you kinda gotta think about it, like oh, okay, all right, that does make sense, right? Right. You know. Um
0: they were making you know, sense what of what they were saying.
4: Right. Yeah,
2: putting it all together. Um, as far as like some of the other things that have that have happened, um uh you know like it, it's actually known that
4: uh a lot of those abductions that happened back in like the 1950s to like 70s and stuff like that, you know, uh, that that was uh, actually a cover for the MKUltra program, uh, which is a whole other thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, where you dose people with massive amounts of drugs, and the original intent of it was, was basically to get people to trip out and to interrogate them under uh, different situations and stuff like that. Right. So that happened. <laughs> like that happened
2: like 100%. You know, so there's a lot to do with that as well. Uh yeah, lots of crazy stuff. Um
4: you know, and then you've got your stuff like the great filter, the Fermi paradox, why don't we
2: see more of this? Uh you know, the Kardashev scale, all that stuff too as well.
4: Right.
0: Uh, Kafka says in all caps I don't care what they say There's one of them there damn portals At Skinwalker Ranch All those quack doctors may say I have dementia but I know what I've seen I don't I think he's being funny but also Funny to mention Skinwalker Ranch already
3: mm, Place is crazy
0: Um, Sozo Crazy Girl says Okay I'll believe in aliens if I see one It's Always an interesting Uh uh response from people they'll say i'll believe it if i see it but there's other things that they just take on faith why is one different than the other
2: right well there's a large portion of the planet that believes in magic sky buddy
0: you know. spaghetti monster
2: sure if <laughs> you believe
4: a lot of Weird, I believe uh, you in know, bacon.
3: I've seen bacon,
4: to, yeah. To Well, to this day, it's like you know, think of how many uh mm. old wives' tales people still think are true, you know, right? Like, no, grandma said so, it must be, it must be true,
0: obviously. True, I am a scientist in every regard, except for that thing my mom, my grandma said that I'll take on faith,
4: right? Yeah, and uh, you know, like. Uh, I was having a conversation with uh uh one of my friends about
2: uh, how some cultures like have medical science, right? Mm-hmm. And um when
4: I was when I was in uh in college, you know, I was around a lot of there's a, a pretty healthy nursing program here, and people come from abroad to study here, uh things like that. And they would have to write papers, and I remember uh a lady i uh, i wanna I, i'm i'm like ninety nine percent positive uh she was from uh i can't remember what province in china um but she decided that she wanted to write a paper, and so she was uh trying to gather uh information on this, and so she went to like a study group at the library. And talk to some of the uh the instructors and professors, and the paper was supposed to be
2: on the benefits of uh traditional medicine and
4: uh when I say traditional medicine, I mean like traditional chinese medicine mm-hmm. uh versus you know like western clinical you know medicine uh, medicine. So are we talking and, like tiger
0: balls and glands, that kind of thing?
4: Yeah, yeah, well yeah. I mean, I didn't want to say that. Yeah, tiger penis, you know, uh make you strong. Well, I mean, you know, they're, they're not the
0: only ones it, that use pieces of animals yeah. like that. That was just the right. one. Right, no, I know absolutely to be not. There.
4: It's just Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, you know But she was uh surprised that she she couldn't find any data on that and like the positives and stuff like that, and the the professors were like, yeah, well Trying, trying to very, like, subtly bring it to her, like, yeah, it's because this doesn't work, really. There's no research to back it up, and that's why this is scientific-based medicine, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it, even in multiple cultures across, you know, the globe, still believe that stuff, you know, with no evidence to back it up. So, you know, it, it's kind of weird. It's it, That's a really weird paradox.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's exactly have. what it is. Exactly what it is—a paradox. So, um, we're doing today a little more freestyle chat than we usually do. So we're kind of going to be bouncing back and forth uh, around some stuff. But uh, since it was brought up and we we're talking about it earlier, um, what what is the deal with Skinwalker Ranch? Why is it important? What goes on there?
2: What doesn't?
3: There's actually a, a new show about it that's been pretty interesting. Like it's televised, so there's you know acting involved, I guess, or whatever you want to call. It. Like reality TV is not reality, right? Right.
2: Like almost
4: so for, like a docu series.
2: Stuff so for swamp people that shows the, the bomb.
3: Right. Except for when you watch the show, you, you see that, that certain people are involved. Uh, the guy that actually owns the ranch currently uh, is there. That guy is, like, if you do any kind of research on that dude, he is straight up, like, a million, like, pretty fucking rich, right? Yeah. And he has a reputation. He owns businesses and stuff like that. And for him to come right out, and say some of the shit. And go along with some of the shit that's going on. I get the entertainment value of it. And that could play into it. But he's basically putting his. Business reputation on the line. Right. Like he's not fucking around. <laughs> so. I think you know. Some of the stuff that they've had on the show is. On that particular. The newest show about Skin Rocker Ranch. Is, is very interesting. There's some pretty scientific methods being used it's not like oh there's light in the sky it's an alien right it's not right. that they you know they have scientific instruments they've been med- measuring radiation emfs uh they've been measuring um seismic uh events they've been um using sonar all kinds of different types of like scientific instruments to try to figure out what's going on right you know
2: is- it,
1: it's but,
2: Go ahead. I was to say, what is going on?
3: Uh, in 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 history, it's it it stems back to an event between the Ute Indians. Uh, and another tribe of Native Americans, and they cursed them because they enslaved them and stuff. Like you have to actually read the actual history, but the the stigma attached to the land of the Ute Basin is based on. Uh, a Native American curse, and then the Skinwalker is like a um uh, like a shaman, like a shapeshifter um, I don't want to say evil, although a lot of people associate it with evil, but there's this gray area between. Something that's protecting something is not necessarily evil, but be, can be perceived as bad to whatever it's protecting itself against, right?
0: Yeah, regardless of its alignment, it's still dangerous.
3: Right. It, dangerous doesn't necessarily mean evil, right? Right. right. A, a bear is dangerous. That doesn't make a bear evil.
0: Fuck no, they're not evil. <laughs>
3: um, But, uh... That's good, and and that explains some of the paranormal stuff that or gets credence to some of the paranormal stuff that happens there. But then, on top of all of that, <clears throat> there's a whole bunch of government involvement in different um, atomic fields, different things that were um above the the Oot basin up there that were it's like protected land like you can't go there gotcha there seems to be a lot of like abnormal radiation a lot of um, radiation coming from you think radiation coming from the earth right right well they've tested in the show they've tested uh with different um, drones and airborne, like, you know, uh, air balloon for, like, weather and stuff, that there's a high amount of radiation above the area, like, in the air. Um, And it's not like your typical nuclear radiation. It's like radio radiation. I forget the exact term they used. But, you know, there's so many different things that are going on in this area, it's hard to pin it down to one thing you have the 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 skinwalkers themselves like the you know the beings that people see which range from huge wolves to shadow figures to ghosts like it's all over the place right Mm -hmm. and then you have sightings of lights like i don't know if there's any documented accounts of people seeing spaceships but there's hundreds of accounts of people seeing lights, strobes of lights, weird lightning, like ball lightning and stuff like that there, too. So, right. I mean, it's all over the board and it's right. a highly active area and it's been that way since the middle or early 1800s.
0: Electro, electromagnetic radiation can really cause some crazy shit in the world and, and in people's perception of it. So that's really interesting. I would love... Love to figure out what is causing that disturbance. Like scientifically. That's that's really cool.
3: And the guys on the show they're really trying to narrow down the source so they can study it. Right. But whenever they get close to the source, it dissipates. It's really weird.
2: Like a shifting source. Hmm. That makes me think Interdimensional
1: phenomenon. That's what that makes me think.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say there's a there's like a a, a working
4: theory out there that Skidwalker Ranch is one of those places where the the error quote veil is thin mm-hmm. uh, to possibly like a parallel universe or something like that, and allows things to, to cross over more easily. And that dependent upon our positioning within space, because we're moving through space, and right. I don't just mean like orbiting the sun, it's all moving, right? Right. Um, we just really can't perceive that down here on the ground. You know? And at certain intervals, there's, you know, times where that's going to move around, shift and change and allow stuff to come through, you know. And from a scientific standpoint when you think about this, right? Um what do you think you could just launch a, a a satellite into space whenever you want? No. You think you can uh launch a a mission to Mars whenever you want? Like they don't just, you know, spin the a big dial uh for a calendar and then put their finger on a date and go, Oh, uh, yeah, June the 8th. Sounds good. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go then. No, I
0: don't have anything going a... on that day. That works.
4: Yeah, sure. Shoot them up there. Uh, no, <laughs> there's, there's a lot that goes into this, right? Um, and like a lot of math has to go in. There's open windows, uh, launch windows to go to certain places and to position things a certain, certain way. Um, you couple that with the just the standard math of the rotation of the Earth and the position, you know, overall, uh, with the fact that uh, we've got a giant floating garbage heap up there right now, and the government and multiple agencies across the world have to track a bunch of space junk, that complicates things even further.
1: Right. Uh,
4: there are actually pockets uh of space junk that you know, are in certain areas that, you know, you don't want to be shooting stuff through that. um, Because if you've ever looked at, like, the outer uh, armor, uh, not armor, I guess, but the outer plating of some satellites that have been struck by I saw one um, at the uh, uh, the Aeronautical Museum in LA uh, I believe that was hit by, like, something that was, like, a, I think it was like a grain of sand or something like that uh that and it it's you, you would think that it would like it was shot point blank like a shotgun slug or something like that wow you know because that that single grain of sand was moving so fast you know so there's a lot that goes into this so if you could imagine you know you were um in kind of a a a parallel universe or something like that
2: and you wanted to come over and check out You know, someone else's um, uh, universe. uh, It
4: it might stand a reason that it's the same thing. There's windows that are available for you to come through every once in a while. Is is what I think. Yeah,
2: personally,
1: that makes sense. Makes sense.
2: I feel like I'm going to need to dive into the phenomenon there at Skinwalker Ranch and see how it, uh,
0: how it overlaps with some of my other areas of of interest. Because uh, parallel
2: dimensions and what have you, uh, are, are something that's always intrigued me. Um, and
0: I've heard a lot of stories, but I think I want to start digging into the science of it as much as I can comprehend. Because, to my knowledge. Terrifies. Yeah, yeah. To my knowledge, it's not something that's just been disproven or anything. It's just something that, that keeps there's there's keeps being more questions and not any definitive answers one way or another. And I find that to be incredibly interesting.
4: Yeah. Whenever I think of the parallel universe thing, I always uh flash back to uh like Lovecraftian storytelling and stuff like that. And so, for that reason alone, like,
2: it makes me very, very nervous. You know? Uh, especially, uh... Uh, I, I don't know, if, uh, Exarkin, have you ever played
4: the, uh, the Masks of Nair No, uh, I
1: haven't.
2: No, you, oh, you haven't. Oh, okay. Well, um, to kind of go along with this, um, you eventually
4: find a place that's extremely ancient that like, shouldn't be there. That's like subterranean and underground that was built by this ancient alien civilization. And Mm. And they actually ended up having to leave, but it wasn't before they were able to trap. Basically they were conducting experiments. And unfortunately for them, they bridge the gap to a parallel universe, wh- and some uh, a race of beings comes through that should not exist in in our universe at all. And it's utterly mind bending and kind of horrifying what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that, and that's it. That alien civilization has to like basically, they can't beat these things. They have to leave. They have to go. Yep. Uh, see you later. We can trap them and we can stop them from getting out, but we can't beat them. So we got to go. And they leave. And that's that explains their absence. But yeah. But it, that was a case of like an advanced civilization messing with stuff that they really didn't, you know, understand. And you can imagine if you were that uh, there's great risk uh, that comes with uh, kind of putting your Making your presence known out in the universe. Right. Um, Because Stephen Hawking said, I'm not so sure it's a great idea to fire a probe out there and, like, you know, say, hi, here we are. Um, Because generally speaking, when one civilized, because any civilization capable of contacting you back in
2: any kind of timely fashion, there's a good shot that they're more advanced than you. And unfortunately,
4: civilizations that when they encounter when there's a power disparity between the two it doesn't go well for the one that's underpowered um and i would imagine that if you found a parallel universe that was stable and stuff like that you that that's a pretty interesting resource and this kind of bridges into like the fermi paradox and stuff like that because and also, like uh, self-replicating probe technology, and a lot of stuff that was uh, was fueled by like uh, John von Neumann um, stuff like that. It's actually they're literally referred to as von Neumann probes, and that is basically the fact that if there were von Neumann probes, we should be seeing them all throughout the galaxy at this point, based on self-replication. There's other reasons why this may not be, but If these things are coming, if if there's a civilization that's coming through, like in a parallel universe, from a parallel universe to ours, that would kind of explain why there are no von Neumann probes um, out there, uh, and we're not seeing them. Because what do they really need to do? At that, at this point, you know, if these guys are engaged in the exploration of parallel universes they obviously have a probably very high technological grasp of uh, of their own universe so they're like almost kind of above the whole ener- uh, you know energy physical based resources at
2: this point and so that's that's kind of one of my I guess theories that I've got going right now gotcha the um the dangers of letting
0: ourselves be known to possibly uh more advanced entities if you will um I definitely get the uh get the concern there, but I also think that that reaction civilization that's more advanced overtaking other civilizations that could be a very human thing it's just as likely that there's an advanced civilization out there that is beyond such things or thinks differently you know what i mean right um but yeah do we gamble on that you know that's that's a hard question because what we know is how humans are so right. if if they're similar to us then yeah we got something to right. worry
4: about Right that oh. yeah, that's our basis our like that's our baseline for, for intel- you know for intelligent you know in air quotes again, intelligent thinking, right, you know right. uh you know, <laughs> rock go thud, you know bomb go boom, right, uh, sort of deal, like you know one of our our best ideas by the way, for like a ship, if we ever had to get off earth in a hurry. Like our best idea for a mothership is to build this big old cylindrical ship and then, you know, explode a nuclear bomb behind us for propulsion. Right. That's pretty. That's pretty orky. You mm-hmm. know, it's very Warhammer forty k. Yeah, zug
3: like zug.
4: <laughs> you know zug like, zug. like like literally. Oh, we still we are we're, sl- we're slowing. T- we're losing momentum again. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Oh, let off another nuke. Like, you know, What do you think about it like that, you're like, oh my god, only humans. Another interesting
3: question we have to ask about that like, you know, advertisement as we're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Is, do does Earth really have anything worth them coming to get? Because when I was growing up as a kid in school and the way I was taught about space. Space was this empty, vast void of nothing, right? And there's occasionally a planet here and there and some asteroids here and there. But in reality, current science dictates that the universe is full of water, is is full of ice, basically. The, the materials for life are basically just fucking everywhere in the universe. So Earth is, we like to think, it's rare but in reality not so much right so is there something here that would make them want to make the effort to come visit us you see what i'm saying
0: absolutely real quick first uh chat is 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 bumping right now so awesome chat thanks for uh hanging out with us um, Sir memes a lot. Says nine eleven was an inside job. Hand sandwiches are just turkey that got left out, and pepperoni is just ham nipples. Interesting positions. The Earth is a hexagon. Um, interesting, interesting points. Uh, yes. Um, a labor. Man,
4: a man of culture.
0: Yes, uh, absolutely. A a man of science and culture. I love it. It's, it's been a while. Polyhedro. Um, it's a good good. Uh, resource that's being suggested is is maybe labor that could be a a good resource to be found on earth Um, certain elements might be not as common in other places that they happen to be here Um, but it's not as like we always thought it would be something like water or oxygen or something like that but Uh, it would be more likely something else I think labor is a good, good
2: one um well there's
4: also you know for those that aren't you know familiar um with the Kardashev scale this is basically a three-tiered scale um for uh the beginnings of spacefaring civilizations and basically one is you have displayed like total mastery over over the the energy gathering, and um, natural resources of your planet. Uh, Phase two is you're displaying total mastery over your solar system. and Type three is a full-blown galactic civilization. That's that's a full-blown galactic empire, basically. Um, You control the energy at the scale of the galaxy uh, is what it is. Now, to put this in perspective, there's a little bit of debate on where we're at on the Kardashev scale. I can assure you we are obviously not at two. <laughs> um, uh, the debate is whether or not we are even at one. Yeah. And the overwhelming consensus is that we are not even close. We are anywhere from like a 0. 0.3, I believe, to possibly 0. 0.5. That's
2: it were were not a, not even close. Uh chat wants to know what the scale was again. What uh was, um, the Kar- the Kardashev scale.
0: That's mastery over the uh the energies and what have you of, of yep. the planet, the solar system mm-hmm. and then the galaxy.
4: Right. Yep.
0: So basically Sir memes a lot. We haven't even fully harnessed or understood uh, our technological advancement, harnessing of energy, um, yeah, at, at, at a global scale.
3: scale. Yeah, here's an example. We don't even know it's on the bottom of the ocean of our uh, own fucking planet, right?
0: And we're still stuck on fossil fuels,
3: right? Yeah. So we're we're behind the curve. So yeah,
4: so like, um, the the other thing to remember is too is that the leap from one to two is is big, real big. The leap from two to three, not as big as you might think, because at two, you are probably, you, you have like probably constructed a Dyson sphere at that point, or are getting close to uh, constructing something similar to, or you now know that you could do it, but you probably don't want to yeah uh, because tell obviously a dyson is, is this
0: the shield around the sun
4: y- yeah uh, effectively yeah it would be it it's would be harnessing, a stru- uh, uh, harnessing yeah. the sun basically yeah a megastructure structure, harv- like uh harnessing the 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 energy potential of a of a star yeah
0: now i've I've heard people saying that that possible dyson spheres have been observed, and it caught my attention, mm. but I didn't read more into that um,
4: recently.
3: Yeah, yeah, recently
4: that recently. was yeah, um there was a star that is flickering uh intermittently. Um and generally speaking when a and when a star is is dying um or powering down um they pulse and they pulse actually pretty steadily. And this is a question now of whether we have to rethink uh, how, like how a star goes extinct. Or or dies, um, or so, if something else going on, and one of the possible things that was floated around is if you're if you're a alien race, um, and you're building one of these. This is not a superstructure. This is a mega structure, you know. So you can imagine there's large pieces of paneling and stuff like that that have to be put into place, and that these flickers are
2: things being moved into place around the star thank you for
1: the host um, man.
2: that's one of the theories that's yeah that's i can't even think i can't even imagine the
0: the, the scale the, yeah like it's it's mind-blowing but very very like, cool
3: literally planets worth of material not just a planet's resources right we're talking mining asteroids for hundreds of years kind of deal. Like, it's way out there. And one of the the problems with that scale, like, looking on it, you know, like, from the outside, is the fact that that's our view of what technology is. Like, our grasp of technology is based on physics and what we know of physics. And physics changes every day. Every day.
0: What I would think... Would make it more manageable
2: is if they had a way to replicate resources.
3: I mean, yeah, definitely on the table. It's like when you're talking earlier about you know people or a species coming to Earth for labor. Well, you would think if they were that evolved that they would have mechanical labor that would far exceed our capabilities.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this uh, this goes back to Fermi Paradox and the Von Neumann probe and (laughs) effectively what it is, is there's different types of Von Neumann probes that have been, you know, kind of floated out there from uh, like general probes that are tasked with missions and what these are is at the very basic level, they are able to uh, go out and find materials mine materials to self-replicate to continue the mission so if they break they can rebuild themselves right um berserkers which were uh mentioned in a novel i can't quite remember which one that's literally like war against the machine stuff like that's uh, that that is like a an aggressive like civilization that's like we want resources and we are willing to kill intelligent biological life that could threaten our supremacy and that's it um and then there's also the idea of cedar ships as well that go out and are carrying biological material and are looking for suitable planets everywhere um with the right conditions and stuff to support life and to go out there and basically you know kind of like a petri dish it Right, and prepare that planet for you know physical inhabitation by the uh the uh producing race. Um, but so, so you can imagine like with a von Neumann probe that's self replicating, if its mission is to build stuff or harvest stuff, you know, you can send these things out and they can multiply and replicate. And this is one of the arguments of why, like, you know, we there people still, uh, many scientists still think that we're alone because at the rate that they would replicate, we should be seeing them everywhere. And if you've got that tech level, a Dyson sphere really shouldn't be that big of a deal um, overall. So you would just be using AI to do a lot of the work for you at this point, not physical, you know, uh, organic labor uh, per se. Here's a thought. So we,
0: we know that we should be wary of advertising ourselves what if there's another civilization that is more advanced than us that has technology to like make these probes and this replication but they also are of the mind that they, they, they shouldn't advertise themselves so they have built into these things a way to obfuscate
2: them from our uh, observation it is well, the problem is, is at that point, then... Okay, galactic travel is one thing, right? Traveling within our own galaxy is as far as we are ever going to go. Um, Ever. And the idea that such a
4: civilization at that tech level... Would feel threatened within the borders of its own galaxy is a, a, a that's a bridge too far for me to have two you know potential galactic civilizations uh inside
2: you know the Milky Way. Um, we would be talking about full blown interstellar. Uh, well,
4: no, I think it'd be Outer Stellar. I don't know. It'd be Outer uh, Stellar. But it, it would be like, that would be universal levels of of travel at that point. Now, there's some very interesting oddities that, that happen in the universe, right? Um, I'm sure you guys have seen this where there's massive black spots in parts of the universe where there's just apparently nothing. Right. You know? um and, and i mean they they are huge like if you were on the edge of one of these things you know if you were a a solar system or a galaxy on the edge of one of these things looking off into space you'd be like wow it would just be a void you know um but the way that we perceive stuff uh the and the uh ways that we're able to measure things is again based on our current tech level and it's not to say that there are several of these these gaps. So, if there were or these these voids in space itself, it it is there is a possibility that you know maybe these are like emerging you know massive civilizations and stuff like that. But it also the the problem that I have is is that w- when's enough enough, you know, right? And there's a little. This is like where we get a little dark, right? With the von Neumann probes and stuff like that, and artificial intelligence in general is there's always a risk of it going rogue, um, where it's it's programmed for a purpose, it starts malfunctioning or something like that, you know, and it it basically just goes haywire and is ever expanding. That's a that's that's a risk too. You have to be you know considerate of when developing when developing this kind of technology
0: or they go massive now, reapers on us.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But that's even, you know, at least they had a, a reason, you know, which was basically just population control of the galaxy. And I was kind of sitting there uh, the other night, really thinking about this and, you know, talking about, well, why, Why haven't we seen this? Why haven't we seen that? And then we're seeing, you know, uh, footage, footage is getting released and stuff like that about this, you know, uh, of these UFOs. And again, not everything that is a UFO is an alien spacecraft. Right. You know, it just means it's an unidentified flying object. That's it. Um,
3: Literally, you see a drone flying in this.
4: Yeah, you see a drone flying in the sky. That's a, technically a UFO. You
2: don't know what that is, what model it is, who made it, etc. Blah, 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 right? Um. There, I have an idea, and it's kind of sad.
4: And I had mentioned to you that this was going to be kind of sad. Mm-hmm. There's a good shot, you can imagine that space is very vast, Right, So it takes a lot of time to travel theoretically between places, and we know that we're basically watch walk- we're basically looking at old broadcasts of things in space right right we're We're seeing snaps in history, right, because we can be seeing the light from stars
2: that are just gone and there is a possibility that a civilization that creates um Newman probes um has already come and gone. Has already come and gone. But what's left behind are their artificial
4: intelligence-based um technology, right? And this kind of answers the question for why they, it, like we, they haven't made contact with us, and that, and it could, it could be that it is an advanced AI and stuff like that that's that's here, or around us, and has visited us, and continues to do so in our solar system or in our region of space itself. But the fact
2: of the matter is, it may have, it may just be following subroutine. And tasks
4: and was only okay to go to a certain level and that's it and it's stuck in a now it's self-replicating they can build new ones when they become damaged or or what have you mm-hmm. um but that's as far as it's ever gonna go it's stuck in an ever it's just they're stuck in a loop right that's it. Like okay, okay, we're gonna release uh, five von Neumann probes, and the set number is five. There should only be five of these things. I'm not saying that that's how many there are, but just as an example. Right. And they get to their destination, or they go to their they stop on their way to their destination, and one gets damaged. They build another one. They continue on, and it's always five as the set number, and that's a control to stop from this massive outbreak of self replicating you know drones and stuff like that right um to just keep them consuming all the resources as they would move towards their target um and yeah there's a possibility that those things are like are sending some sort of signal back to their um civilization of origin right right and the sad it, the sad part is they're probably going like hey great planet here Totally habitable. It's got some, it's got some weird looking monkeys on it, but no big deal. <laughs> um, and the the other, it's it's a disconnect tone on the other on the other end of the line, right. because that it's been so much time that civilization has collapsed due to infighting, um, uh, ecology, uh, supernova. Yes, yeah, and
0: yeah, maybe they're anything. escaping apocalypse of some sort.
4: Yeah, maybe they already bailed and they've COVID nineteen. I, yeah. I mean, it, the, the possibilities. The great filter got them. Yeah, you know, uh, and that's that's it. So, you know, that's one interesting. Um, that that's that's one theory that I've kind of oh. got going right now.
0: And, you know, it's just as likely as some of the other more compelling theories. So, like, man, that could just be how it is. And that's kind of it's sad, but... Uh, it, yeah. There's a beauty yeah. to it, too, that's weird. Like, I find weird beauty in things. Like,
1: I don't know.
4: Yeah, it. it and the fact of the matter
2: is, is that, you know, short of us getting one of these crafts
4: or what have you, um, you know, like Bob Lazar. Um, sure. People are familiar with Bob Lazar. He would describe the, the structures
2: inside the spacecraft as, um, being welded and more likely that they were 3d printed, right. And layered. Um,
4: you know because that's kind of a method of self replicating technology that we're playing with right now is is three d printing right uh, in development of these probes
2: which is which is very very interesting um when you look at it like that, and we
4: think of three d printing as you know taking you know x, y z material then transferring it it'd be very interesting if like such an advanced civilization had a way of going out and mining certain, uh, elements out in an asteroid belt and was able to convert them to the elements that they needed by some means of, of, I don't know, treating it to some like some sort of a power source. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but just to create the, the metal or, uh, Needed you know to repair stuff
2: Uh, That's another Theory you know Uh, But Yeah so so Short of that that
4: might be The only gifts that we we get Right is basically Some some extinct Civilizations old drones You know (laughs) there's no and there's nothing There's no or there's there's nothing organic About them you know no Alien that you could put in a room and have A conversation with theoretically you know
3: but along that same lines of discussion they could have found a way to make you know synthetic life like but they're they're being into a a system where they don't expire you know what i'm saying
4: right that's also
3: a possibility
4: yeah that that's something else that i was going to bring up too is that it's that is totally possible you know um It 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 could be that uh, you know, like with what Elon Musk is doing with like neural link and stuff like that and where that's kind of going in the long run, is the possible ability to basically back up one's consciousness, right? And then as technology advances, possibly clone um, you know, a body and re download your consciousness and memories, you know, into that body. And you know, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast and he said, uh joe rogan was like yeah but you like you wouldn't be the same and well elon musk brings up something very interesting he goes you're not the same when you wake up every day you're a little different and when you think about it like that you know so there could be that they have some sort of technology at that level where they are able to even reproduce their organic form see that
0: gets that gets into the idea of uh are you a consciousness, a series of, of of information and experiences, or are you a soul? And if so, what is a soul, and can that be transferred? Like that's
2: that's a huge can of worms. Well, there are some scientists that believe, um, and
4: theologians that believe that humanity's ultimate goal is to reach effective immortality. Of course, we know nothing lives forever, but if you've got access to that technology, you kind of are, you know, you, you know, that's it Uh for as long as the, the power source, you know, around you lasts, And, you know, I think that we're going to get the funny thing is, I think we're going to get to that level of tech before we get to outside the solar system. I, th- I think you're right. Uh, we I think that we will have total. And I think think that this is the beginning of the mastery is displaying mastery over our own physical form and consciousness.
2: I think so. We just got to get past some shit to be able to focus on it. Well, that filter, they say, gets uh, thinner and thinner. Finer and finer. This is some compelling stuff guys. Okay, so if we
0: walk down the theory that perhaps these old these this advanced civilization has already come and gone um mm-hmm. then what are some of these experiences people are having where they're uh, abducted or interact with with quote unquote aliens. How like are they right making it well, up or you know what's going on?
4: B- again we go back to like the mk ultra program and stuff like that um and there has been
2: a steady drop off alien abduction stories uh since like the 50s and 70s uh so that could be that could be one thing um the
4: other thing is is the the ai probe angle um you can send out several probes that have different missions and one of those missions can be to study organic, you know,
2: life. And when, you know, the way an AI th- thinks
4: and stuff like that, when they, you know, discover one anomaly or, again, I, I, I discuss with you, um, there are these areas of science that grow stagnant For long periods of time because no one is interested in or quite frankly there aren't enough people interested in those specific areas so they don't get pursued right they don't get pursued or it takes time to pursue that that certain thread within within that specific field of science or study and one of these general there was such a gentleman it was like um that was uh he studied mosses um, around, I want to say, the Victorian period. And to this day, this guy was like, w- we know as much about moss as we do because of this one guy spent 40 years studying moss, right? Right. In fact, this guy was so prolific at collecting mosses, he I believe paused or came close to causing the extinction of,
2: of one particular moss. Oh wow. Um, yeah. In his area. Um, but you think about that. Who studied, who wants to do that? <laughs> who wants to study the moss,
4: you know? So it's free. So that's, that's the, that's a case of like, you know, a freedom of choice. Right. Right. When it's an AI or something like that, they're going to go down a list and that needs uh, criteria to be met, you know. And the other theory is is that uh, with the drop-offs and um, abduction, uh, right, has to do with maybe they just kind of know everything about us at this point and are just waiting. Like, are you guys going to do something interesting soon? you know like the, like, sense. you know you would look like for big changes to happen within a planetary civilization and go aha hmm they've made a great leap forward why let's grab someone figure out if anything biologically has changed you know and start the process over you know makes but they sense. might not just be interested in us they could be interested in other life forms or how this planet works etc
0: Or just for an evolution, period.
4: Right. Yeah.
0: Zerpy says, I think the real thing we should know is, why is it when I microwave a hot pocket for the correct time, it's still cold in the center? Good
4: question. Uh, does your microwave have a reheat casserole setting?
2: And if it does, use that. Right. Um... Kentron01 says, what about
0: time? Our concept of time is different than what it is to other things. Time's an interesting concept because while, yes, we put a, a name to time and started like trying to understand it on our own terms, I think the the progress, the motion of existence is is just there. It's a thing that's already there. Um, so we didn't make it up Uh, we're just trying to understand it Um, if they understand it differently
2: we'd still have to filter it through our understanding to make sense of it you know what I
3: mean yes for real and also a lot of discussions that we're having again this is like big brain big picture shit is we think of alien races on our terms like we think of technology as we know it right there's mm-hmm. all kinds of comprehension above what we can understand or even grasp or even realize as a species right. like they could alien races I, I hate using the term alien races but there could be a lot of shit going on that we can't even comprehend like not even ballpark comprehend
1: right yeah i'm
3: you know it's a rabbit hole because then you're like well you're talking about stuff that we can't you know discuss right because if you don't understand or comprehend it you you can't have a discussion about it but like one of the big points i want to bring up is we think of time space travel as a distance like going from point a to point b and uh you know that I'm pretty sure that's not how space travel works in reality. I think it's more of (laughs) right. I think it's more of the, the Einstein theory of, you know, wormhole black hole bending time or slipping through a dimension kind of thing. Like it's, it's, it's going to be something much more efficient yeah. than getting on a rocket ship and going to another well, universe, it, it's just not realistic. It,
0: an engineer friend of, of mine was saying what they're working on, what some engineers are working on, is the idea of like you got a piece of paper, um, and those looking at the stream can see what I'm talking about. You are over here, your destination is over here, and instead of you trying to cross that distance uh, via analog, so to speak, uh, the the engines are working on really just bending the space so that you are now adjacent to your destination and when it flattens back out you're now over here um, right that's a way more efficient way of crossing that that void
4: oh yeah it, it is yeah well go out and find me the spice melange right um, <laughs> uh
0: Oh no, the Dune
2: drinking you know, game. Yeah, the spice melon. Uh, it's true. But the other thing, like, um, with
4: uh, back to Bob Lazar story and the, you know, the the spacecraft that he supposedly worked on, um, or worked with, what have you, <clears throat> and the element, um, that powered the technology was a specific element um i want to say they called it like compound or element 13 or something like that or 12 uh the, the big thing is is that there's not that much drag in space that we know of not like our atmosphere you know um so if you have the power source to continuously propel yourself and accelerate through space, that distance is not so much a thing if you can ramp exponentially, ramp your acceleration up exponentially.
2: It's not that big a deal. I'm seeing element 115. There we go, element 115. That's what it is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
3: and adding, we were, and he was talking about adding Adam, like a certain amount of atoms to it because it caused it to become unstable and it's like this huge energy force like yeah it's 113
0: 115 117 and 118
3: yeah 118 um, is the one i thought about
2: but yeah combining them that's some crazy shit in a cool way crazy in a cool way you right guys look- and and yeah yeah and Based off of
4: the molecules or the atoms that you move and alter the structure of the compound or the element, it reacts differently and does different things. Is is what's supposedly really interesting about it, in theory. You know, you can if you do if you move a couple atoms here or there, you can have a very violent uh, energy output spike, and then. You can also have it be very stable and stuff like that in a steady power output, which is really what you really what you the reason why like um we like petrochemicals chemicals is the carbon chain um if you talk to any chemist uh you know about petrol base and stuff like that, it's the carbon chains involved in it are in like there's a bunch of them and they can be manipulated into so many different ways. And it's possible that whatever this stuff is, is effectively it could be like the gas of space travel, effectively. Right. The fuel that's oh. required.
3: It's very abundant. It's everywhere. You can zap it from any local sun, you know, that kind of deal.
0: Zap it from, you know, Celestial Body. No big deal, guys. Easy peasy.
2: Easy peasy lemon squeezy. So, the way... Okay, so I I can be comfortable accepting the idea
0: that uh, there's already been an advanced civilization that came and gone... And that we're perhaps witnessing their leftovers, uh, these probes and what have you. I, I can accept that while accepting personal experiences and even abductions by organic uh, alien or extraterrestrial life by applying my theory of um,
2: parallel dimensions and interdimensional Beings. So there could be
3: yeah, I mean it could all be yeah. going on at once. It doesn't yeah, have exactly. to be just one thing, right? It could yeah. like, all of this could be true, which is absurd, right?
0: Right. Which it's but that's also exciting. It's way more interesting to me when something like this is not able to be disproved than when something is just purely empirically bound to be false because in in that that openness i i i can hope for so much but when it's just
3: i mean we all want star wars right we want life everywhere right i mean that's what we want
0: absolutely i don't want us to be the only uh advanced civilization in existence that would be incredibly depressing on many levels, on many fucking levels, I'm not always proud of humanity. Um, so Ray, it's depressing on that. <laughs> uh, but it's also just lonely, right? Um, and I watched enough Star Trek where I want to I want to I bang an alien. Come on!
3: I want the food replicator.
0: Oh man!
3: You 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 go bang your alien. I'm gonna get infinite spaghetti. <laughs>
0: I mean, why not both? <laughs> you got to refuel right? Alien.
2: Woo! You got to carbo-load. <laughs> but, uh, touching on the interdimensional being
0: misidentified or misunderstood as, like, alien, like, little gray man alien or whatever, uh, it it brings me back because it, this was really kind of my something that really made me start thinking about this was the hellier documentary and uh being part of the Twitch uh watch party program and them opening up the entire Amazon catalog I will be watching hellier uh with the community so anybody that has Amazon Prime first you have Amazon Prime you got Twitch Prime and you can sub to your favorite Twitch streamer for free that's the plug um, but you can join that watch party and after, uh, we've watched it through, uh, the hell documentary, uh, then I want to do a streamcast, uh, discussing, not necessarily discussing, yeah, synchronicity, not necessarily discussing, um, the documentary as a documentary, but discussing what they're investigating, what they're finding, and having our own takeaways, our own thoughts, and even our own research applied to those questions. Um, so that'll be a little while down the line, uh, because it is there's two seasons of it out right now, um, and I it would be sweet. And and I follow these these guys on Twitter. If uh, Newkirk and them wanted to wanted to answer some questions or at least hang out, that'd be awesome. Just putting that out into the inner universe. Now we're going to be truthful on our opinions on all things so don't you know don't expect us to to pull punches on stuff uh but we are we are respectful uh and we appreciate uh everybody in the uh in the space uh their efforts in finding finding answers and finding the truth so that is is upcoming coming down the line but back to uh back to aliens uh ufo's and conspiracies and what have you um wicked i know you were planning on telling a particular story
3: yeah i mean i've had experiences like it depends on you know <laughs> i can go with for this for this podcast whatever i'll go with my first experience with ufo's i i won't dive into the missing time episode because that that that's a long long story
1: <laughs>
3: but my first experience with with an unidentified flying object i'm not saying it was aliens okay let's get that out of the way as i was i was uh 9 i was at boy scout or cub scout camp in um where i live the camp was called chief logan very fitting still there to this day uh, obviously it's closed right now because of fucking whatever but in prior to this experience i had really no influence like i hadn't been at home watching ufo like ancient aliens on history channel i didn't have an uncle or my dad wasn't in the military and told me all these crazy stories about spaceships and all this other crap. Like it wasn't in my state of mind. Like I would not it wasn't on the on Josiah's brain. Let's let let's say that. Okay. And as a nine year old boy sitting at Cub Scout camp making some stuff out of tongue depressors, right? I look up, uh, outside the shoulder where I was at, and there was this Huge silver orb, probably the size of, let's say, the Goodyear blimp. It's pretty big. If you've ever seen the Goodyear blimp in person, it's, uh, it's a lot bigger than you think it is when you don't see it in person. And I turned to my pack leader at the time and I asked them, what is that? And they turned around and they looked at it. They saw it too, right? And then all the other boys that were sitting at my table turned. We all saw it. And we're like, it's a balloon, right? That's what my brain went to. It's a big-ass balloon. Well, then it shot off into the sky and disappeared. Like, instantly. Like, it was here and then it sh- just zoomed. Gone. Balloons don't do that. Okay? They don't that was my experience and then we all talked about it our our counselor was like you know that was just uh, i think the way that that he explained it was it was um natural phenomenon like aka swamp gas that's how he gave us the story right it was it was natural it's just something that we don't understand in science yet right which is okay explanation by the way but that was my first experience and then after i had that experience um, as 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 a nine year old could in the 90s, right, <clears throat> or early 80s, late or early 90s, late 80s, as you could research, because research now is nothing like it was then. Like you had to go to a library, you know, you had to you had to find the resource, you had to ask questions, you had to get boots on the ground. Information wasn't as readily available as it is now. Like now you can Google anything, right? anything but from that experience uh, i i found us other people had similar experiences in in my research so i would follow experiences of people seeing a similar type object behaving in a similar type way and i would read all these different stories and accounts human accounts like some of these accounts are by super credible people like police officers and military personnel and stuff and you just think like why would they put their reputation on the line to say this happened if it didn't happen again i'm not saying it was alien it could actually be under that umbrella of natural occurring events that we don't understand yet it could have been some kind of electrical plasma ball who knows right i don't know But I saw it. I know what I saw. I don't know what it was. That was my first experience.
0: That would have been pretty intense at that age.
3: It was uh, was life-changing. Let's be honest. You know how some people say in the paranormal field, like people that are skeptics about ghosts, so to speak, Mm. until they see one, right? Right. Well, that was my experience when I saw a UFO. Like, seeing is believing kind of thing you know my daughter was talking about earlier that kind of thing like yeah maybe but then when you see it you're like whoa
2: okay absolutely i um like i've seen unidentified flying objects but none of them
0: made me think that was definitely an alien
2: i didn't have any like it's just been kind of like lights in the sky kind of stuff that could be so many things.
0: So I'm a little, I wish I could have seen what some people have seen. I wish I could have seen what you've seen. Uh, I want to, I want to have those experiences. Um, but unfortunately, uh, I haven't, but I have seen footage of stuff and there's some really interesting, compelling stuff out there. Um, Recently, the Pentagon releasing footage of uh, of a UFO that was super intriguing. Kind of felt like a, an act of misdirection over other things that are going on right now, but it's still a cool uh, cool thing. Like never before we've we been able to be like, hey, the Pentagon saying basically like a lot of people take it as the Pentagon saying that aliens are real, yo. Know? Like that's cool. Um, that's fun. <clears throat>
4: Uh, yeah about that. I don't think that has anything to do with misdirection, seeing as how that was actually released uh, i want to I want to say like
2: last year, so well, um, it's
0: popularization, I think is misdirection
2: right now, it being pushed for sure um yeah, that listen, yeah, footage on its own is it, is compelling, right um, but we are in like the age of being able to manipulate uh, video footage so well mm-hmm. at this point. It's crazy. Uh, So the footage, generally speaking, is
4: not enough, but this footage is obviously from the nose cam, I believe, I want to say of like an F-18. 18,
2: yep. And it's the corroborated testimony of the parties involved uh of of what you know they saw and
4: there's stuff that goes along with that footage too after it cuts out because i don't believe that they show it
2: was what the pilot actually said was that that thing hit the deck um over the water
4: over the ocean and two objects dropped out of the primary craft and into the water and the water was a swirling chaotic mass below this um this object and then the object immediately accelerates to an like an insane speed ver- like straight vertical and it's just gone and, um, and
3: what, another thing with this the rascal's going into is It's just not the footage, okay? Right. It's the testimony of the pilots. It's the testimony of the government officials that were running the program that released these videos. Like, it's so much deeper than just some shaky shit on a screen.
4: Right.
2: Spicy, tasty stuff right there.
3: Yeah, and
2: this is... I always get nervous when the government
4: wants to basically, like, crowdsource stuff. Be like, oh yeah, figure this out. And the government does do that, by the way. Um. And. I. (laughs) I wonder if they are like, this is not some sort of a new type of technology that a government has another rival government. It's the Russians.
2: You know, uh, (laughs) sort of deal. Uh, or whatever. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh and uh, I've always said,
4: you know, uh, the ocean is a pretty pretty big uh pretty big place. Uh lots of places to hide in the ocean. And any civilization probably capable or technology capable of crossing the stars can probably withstand The crushed depths of our ocean, you know? Uh and like I said, you go take a look at it, you could throw a
2: a a mothership, and I'm not saying that this is what this is, but in this scale anyway, um
4: like you know, a mothership the size of Texas, you could hide in the the ocean. You know, it's it wouldn't even be that hard. (laughs) I think, for, for, you know, an advanced civilization uh, with that level of tech. You know, um, is that what it is? Don't know. But very interesting and would make a lot of sense. And there's this other thing um, that I wanted to bring up. Uh, anyone that has gone on a nature hike or been in a national forest or preserve for an extended period of time, there is the motto of
2: leave no trace right what you pack in you pack out right um
4: that's it you and you leave and you leave stuff where it is
2: right you don't do anything um and taking that level and applying it to
4: you know research on like an entire planet or a species that's kind of the the I you would want a very hands off, you know. Make, you know, selections when you can and get away with it and stuff like that, you know. And do do your studies, and then that's it. Like yeah, that, and, and just... that's, yeah,
0: that's something naturalists uh, wrestle with when they they want to observe an an animal in its natural habitat. The very act of observing can change that habitat, change that, you know, everything for that animal, so you have to be as invisible and hands-off as you can be so you can truly observe
4: it. Right. And it's also the first level of uh, psychology, too, is you observe patterns of behavior, you know, Um, and then you can start delving, you know, deeper. um, Going all the way to Uh, you know, organic research, you know, what is making
2: this thing tick effectively. Um, And I would assume that any
4: race that's capable of this is probably beyond the old scalpel method. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They would have instruments capable of kind of you know, doing a deep dive into an organism without having to Harm it, or as basically impose as little trauma as possible to whatever creature they're studying. Right, right, non-invasive methods. Right. Um, So there's that, and it's also very interesting because again, we're in a period of time where the matrix is once again oscillating pretty pretty heavily. You know, with everything that's going on here,
2: and it, it's always in times of of strife right and
4: chaos uh where a certain ecosystem like take the australian wildfires uh for instance um the the first thing we always look at is like oh god how is this going to affect the ecosystem overall and the things that live in it like how has this chaotic event changed things we have to look at that and i think this might be the same way um with everything that's going on um kind of the st- the steady beat of war drums and things like that uh kind of coming out is going to draw that things
2: that that would be something that would put a blip back on you know uh the map. Right. right? And
4: draw interest back to us. Because remember, like I said, they might have just reached like saturation with us and we're like, oh, okay, well, we're gonna study other stuff about this solar system or this area of space. And when something weird happens, we'll come back. And we'll, something weird we'll see what's happening. up. <laughs> and it's like, oh wait, something fucking oh what are they up to now? Oh well, let's go back there real quick, you know, and see what's
2: what's gonna happen. And there's also the idea that um, if it is a visiting
4: civilization or, you know, I, I'm just going to say visiting civilization, whether or not it's drones, AI, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, could just be waiting until we kind of turn the corner. Right? Um, be, you know, uh,
2: because any contact that they would make with us openly is very will very would would utterly chain whatever path we were on yes it absolutely. would it would shift um
4: even if it was a radio communication or something some sort of energy based signal that you know was was math based that said hey we're here like we're here and we're we're, just just we're here and we're watching you we are here and we are watching you If we just got that that little piece of data transmitted to us and i'm not talking about like it's you know a text message or whatever it'd be mathematic in origin you know just that knowing that they chose to communicate or what
2: or what Fashion they chose to communicate in etc is completely would alter um whatever path we were on it would have to it would have to right and again it goes back to that leave no trace philosophy so you got to be careful about you know um
4: Putting your foot in the crime scene, so to speak, you know. Right. Uh, you're always bringing something with you, and you have to be mindful whether or not you're stepping on, you know, st- stepping just st- leaving a footprint, you know. Right. Just is you've you've changed like the area once you've done that. Just walking there, you so know, like
3: building a pyramid. Oh, uh,
4: <laughs> I I don't I, I, I don't I know I don't I you are no that's that's man made i don't i'm i am not one of those the the alien it's not alien inspired i'm not one of those it you know
2: it uh they had assistance like that nope but anyway um yeah you you have to be very careful
4: like and effectively if they're buzzing around our skies or in
2: our or in our neighborhood and This footage that's come out turns out to be them already already you've you know you've left that footprint so how much further you want to go right somebody's getting fired in alien world yeah Yeah, right (laughs) yeah and the other thing is
4: is humans also again it all depends on how long they've been here And humans have been the same for a really, really long time,
2: right? Uh, Physiologically speaking, you know, and so the more, how do I word this? The more primitive the species is, I think the less mental trauma would be, the, the less unaware you kind of are, right? Um, and that would be the time if you were going to want to
4: do like actual physical contact and stuff like that for study and like sedation
2: and etc cetera, etc cetera, that would be it the other thing that we have to entertain is if this
4: civilization has been around for you know been in our neighborhood for a while it is not out of the out of the realm of possibility that they themselves have advanced with time as well. Right. And refined methods, etc, etc. And the mission has maybe changed. You know, um, that's another possibility. And it could be like, okay, well, we've got all the data we want on these guys. Um,
2: Well, you know, continue to monitor it and uh, go hands off. Okay. Uh We'll just hang out then.
3: They're watching our reality TV. That's why they're here.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. We we sit here and we talk about how, how you know it, they're oh they're they're interested or whatever, and you know it it really wouldn't it really wouldn't surprise me if it's that simple.
3: Yeah, that came here because we made fucking Hot Pockets, and Hot Pockets are delicious. <laughs>
4: that's,
0: that's the resource they want from Earth.
4: Our delicious Hot Pockets.
0: Our delicious Hot Pockets.
4: Not a sponsor. I don't think that, yeah. That's one thing I always wonder about. Also, like, if it is an
2: organic-based life form, what does it eat? You know? I always wonder about that.
3: I just want to try uh, space food, let's be honest,
4: yeah, I, I don't yeah, well, that's the problem is is i uh, I'm fairly certain that um any any civilization that's reached that tech level is culinary culinarily speaking probably pretty boring, and they don't really care. They more care about like you know the nutritional value and the sustainment of like maximum efficiency and processing uh, like to sustain the the organic you know parts and stuff right. like that so i doubt they're sitting there you know making delicious uh bananas foster you know for breakfast. they came here for
3: to go to flavor town
4: yeah yeah right yeah our lord and savior guy fieri um <laughs> you know i i uh yeah i had Hey, maybe that's what it is. Maybe we are just like a reoccurring like planet on an, ep- on like an intergalactic episode of diners drive it or drive-ins and dives. <laughs> you know, what are they cooking now? You got to check bananas, out bananas. Those are poisonous.
0: You got to check out this back planet where they
2: make the best chili dogs. Yeah. These guys no, they'll eat anything, man. <laughs> I mean, anything. It's,
4: you know, could you imagine? Yeah.
2: Oh, that would be, That'd be kind of weird. Well,
4: you imagine if you got to a certain kind of tech level? Uh, that, that would be weird, wouldn't it? There's a movie arc there. We should be right. writing this shit down. <laughs> yeah. No, that, wouldn't that be weird, though? Wouldn't that yeah. really be weird? Um, Absolutely. I
3: came here for the spice.
4: I mean, just thinking, of, just thinking about it, how interesting alone would that be? All the different foods that we consume just because we like them? Like... How does that register on, like, you know, some like some super advanced civilization? Like, I don't get it. What are they doing? Why don't they just do this? Right. You like they're not even maximizing. They're not even maximizing their amino compounds. <laughs> do you live, bro? <laughs> right.
0: They have all the reasons they could call us plebs. It's the food that really ticks them off.
4: Right. Yeah. It, well. Yeah. Unfortunately, their food, like I said, would probably be pretty boring. Maybe it's not boring. Maybe it's whatever the hell they want it to be. I don't know. Who knows? Probably maybe, at that level, too.
0: Maybe they just, like, inject flavors into, like, nutrients. Yeah, nutrient that's habit. what I'm saying.
4: Yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, hey, uh, I want pasta-flavored paste. Who knows? Or it could right. be
3: something fucked up, like, we're the only place in the universe that's discovered wine or some shit like that, right? They're like humans are like oh you know and they're like no we're just here for the wine guys hey Thanks.
4: look at these look at these idiots they poison themselves to get stupid really
3: like, like, yeah. like yeah
4: and
0: then we, we we cause the downfall of their civilization because they try it and get like super <laughs> right. alcoholic like right.
3: what is this marijuana <laughs> it's the gateway drug to the Again universe.
0: Elon Musk might be an alien <laughs>
4: Like, like I said, it's it's for this reason when you think about it, like to an like an alien, like we we've got to be very interesting to them for, and it could be a myriad of reasons because we do so we are so entertained. Come on, we've all been to Walmart, okay, <laughs> and we've all been people watching at Walmart, and we are entertained, you know, by the people of Walmart alone. You know, like we entertain ourselves. You could you imagine, you know, other cultures are entertaining to us as well, like and very foreign and and kind of alien. And it's like you could imagine being like an intelligent life form from another like galaxy or solar system or far away, like coming here and seeing the stuff that we would do. It'd be like, whoa, (laughs) like, whoa, there is so much I need to know about what they're doing and why like what are they doing they're like setting off nuclear bombs for no reason like you know I'm literally
0: hey pay attention literally. I just said like, hold my beard
3: they spent 80 years building an airplane only just to jump out of it for fun
2: yeah they're jumping out of a perfectly good craft it's not even crashing Yeah, um, you know, just all sorts of stuff, you know, uh,
4: in general. But, Xarga, do you have that other footage that I sent you?
2: I do. Yeah. This is. Go ahead. I've I've sent this this to you, right?
3: The drone footage?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pass the ad. This is coming from the Spider-Man. Yep. Yeah, this is some very interesting
4: footage, and there's another channel if you guys go and kind of follow the rabbit hole on this footage. I'll kind of narrate what's going on here. Um, So what this is, is I understood it when I looked into this. I, I, I could be misremembering, so please forgive me. If you find something else different, if you guys look at this, what this
2: is, is you're kind of wondering, like, why are these guys flying a drone out here? This seems suspect. Well, not really. Um, What these guys are doing is basically uh, getting B-roll footage of landscape shots. And
4: there are companies that do this, that collect this B-roll, go out to these places, collect B-roll landscape shots, cityscape shots, skyline shots, all this stuff, right? And so it saves um, companies that want to produce ads or commercials some money from going out themselves and having to film this stuff, right? So they call a company up like this that has this footage on deck and goes, "Uh, listen, I need some wide sweeping landscape shots, um, you know, and what what do you got, you know, or whatever of, of, you know low green mountains or snow cap mountains, whatever it is. And the company go, okay, well let me see what I've got. So they go out, they collect this footage, they mark it down, give a description of it, they go, they search through their files, they go, okay, well this is what we got, you know, uh what do you think? And then they they sell it or they'll rent it out to
2: a production company or whatever. So that's the basis for this. Um and there's another
4: uh, channel that's gone on and done a super deep dive into this
2: video. Now, what's interesting about a lot of edited um, and manipulated videos
4: is when you see an object come into the foreground, right, from a distance, the human eye can only perceive, you know, distance so far. You can only see so far, right? So a lot of the time, when you digitally edit something, you can get away with starting that object fairly close in the background, right? As it moves
2: towards the foreground, and then you can start to perceive it, okay? Yeah. And so when that happens, you can
4: usually see, like, the image, like, flip in when it's been digitally added in, okay? And the reason as I understood how they found this, um, this footage was if you watch that footage in real time, it's just a,
2: it's gone. What is that? Right? It's just, it's just gone. It's that fast. And, you know, you could mistake that for a
4: bug buzzing by or perhaps maybe a bird or something of that nature. So if you're a videographer and you were like, oh, my footage is ruined, Like there's that little just that little flash in there, like makes that that frame or those frames kind of useless. So you'd have to either clip those out for the company that wanted to use them or whatever. Now there's another channel that does a deep dive of when that object that passes by the drone actually
2: comes into frame. And it comes into frame allegedly um a lot sooner than you think
4: in fact that object in that shot has been you're actually you you can see it if you zoom if you were to zoom in and really go and look for it but the interesting thing is that thing basically comes out of the cloud bank way back dips down into the the mountain valleys then reappears like on another horizon through another set of mountains and then slowly arcs forward um, towards the open plains, towards the, uh, the camera itself, and then is just, is just gone. Um, it's very interesting footage, very interesting. And you would kind of think to yourself, well, how, uh, how did they not know? How did they not know and how did they not see it? Well, number one, you only saw that for a second on camera And if you look at the uh, deep dive video on this, you'll see that it was there for quite a while. Just it's moving that incredibly fast. The other thing is, is if you go back to the drone footage uh, from the nose camera um, that was released by the Pentagon, um,
2: that thing doesn't have an exhaust signature. That thing's not making noise, per se, at all. It's utterly quiet. There's no, you know, it's not an SR-71
4: where if it goes that low, you know, you're going to know about it. It's utterly silent and moving at an incredible rate of speed to where like not even a blink and you might miss it, you know, uh, let alone all the other, you know, organic and natural distractions, you know, of being outside and looking around like, you know, People don't pay attention a lot of the time,
2: you know. Ask yourself, how often do you really look up? Uh, We tend to look down more than anything, especially with the advent of technology and phones.
4: So there you go. But a guy was able to break it down the distance and everything um, to a really, really accurate degree because that is an actual uh, pingable location that you can see on a map where they are actually at. So very interesting stuff. Very interesting
2: video. That's crazy. Like, I was uh, trying to pinpoint it
0: as you were talking, like, figure when it comes into frame, but without being able to zoom.
4: You can't. You can't. You've got to go. A guy does like a 20-minute deep dive video on it. And the most interesting thing about this footage is, is the only thing that anyone has been able to prove is that it's not a bug. Right. <laughs> that's it. Whether or not it's digitally manipulated is another story. Don't know. If it is, that is some very big brain thinking about uh, that is like amazing after effects, you know,
2: someone is really really there. Right. You know. That's uh that's awesome. Yeah, um and when they zoom in on it you can actually see it poof out of the cloud bank poof and then sweep <laughs> down it's 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 really cool stuff absolutely There's, alien or not uh, who's to say but definitely unidentified flying object right right that's the that's the big thing is it man you know and I'm, I you know, anything that's moving that quick is, I don't think that, uh, I don't think we've got that. And if we do, it's something that we definitely found.
4: We didn't, right. we didn't just think that up out of the ether, you know. If if we're, if we were capable of replicating that kind of propulsion, you know,
2: it's, uh, you know, we, the world should look like a very different place. Right.
1: You know, man very compelling stuff
0: I had not heard about man. this one until you brought it to my attention and I'm really glad I got to see that footage
4: yeah it's, uh, it's interesting very very interesting stuff and it's got a very interesting shape to it
2: as well um, very not the traditional um flying saucer disc
4: shape although right. bob lazar does say that there were several
2: different variations of these craft um and again that would actually make sense right
4: because if they are self replicating and modifying they're going to modify themselves uh for the mission right so is this thing like a rapid scanning system for drone for topography or you know what whatever um that could be what it uh, you know it could be any number of things, but the different shapes can signify being more efficient or having a certain function you know um which is really really interesting it could be optimized for atmospheric tra- for low atmospheric travel you know right. uh, <laughs> You know what? what who knows? Exarken
3: exactly. you know. some brain food for you after the the stream. Look up Bob Lazar's black mailbox and read about how significant this area was and what he did and things that he was able to prove to other people, not just one person, not hearsay. Like read up on the. 'Cause in mainstream media they don't talk about the black mailbox. So this is kind of like under the sheet kind of stuff, like behind the scenes kind of stuff. Read about the black mailbox and read about some of the things that happened and some of the things that he was able to produce for people. And it will it will it will open your mind a bit.
0: Nice. I have it uh set up in my Google here.
1: We'll
4: yeah. check that out. You know, and the other thing that uh going back to you know it being drone technology or
2: ai driven and stuff like that uh machine's malfunction and it could always be a that's always
4: a, a risk that happens right and it could be that any craft that we have potentially recovered is you know, you know, it was just malfunctioning when it crashed or if it was shot down or what have you. Um, that's a, a, a fairly easy explanation for it. You know?
2: Right. Um, machines just malfunction, man. That's that's it. Uh, and again, if your alien spacecraft crashes what do you do about it what do you do about it because to recover it yeah well yeah potentially
4: if no one's around sure if you crash in the middle of the Siberian wilderness or something you know where there's no one around you can get there without anyone seeing you but you also again risk violating that rule of creating a bigger footprint and presence when you go down to recover the thing that you drop, you know? Say, you know, you drop your compass off a cliff in the Grand Canyon, what are you gonna do? Go down there and get it?
1: Right.
4: No. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna Because you are going to cause more disruption by probably traversing all the way down to get your damn compass and then get back out and the
2: resources that you will consume to get the compass is a war that's like, ah, leave it. You know? Right. That sort of deal. Freaking stuff. A lot to process. And there's so much more that can be talked about in this very broad uh, subject matter that
0: we're touching on today. I think uh, we'll definitely be revisiting a lot of this. Um, did either of you have any other uh, things you wanted to bring up or stories you wanted to bring up?
2: No, I don't. I
4: don't have any um personal stories with, you know, unidentified, you know, flying objects. Not that I can't. None that I can go. You know, look up in the sky and you know see a light or a jet. You know, I I lived out in the desert for a while and stuff and I'm like that. My okay, it's a jet. You know, like I don't know what kind of jet it was. Right. But <clears throat> um, you know, nothing nothing out of the out of the the normal it's just overall from the the scientific basis of space travel and colonization just really intrigues me because i think that we probably got to
2: get off this ball of dirt um and uh get our stuff together our future is up. Con- 100% yeah uh
4: we we got we have to get out of here we've got to go to the stars and this um narrative of We've got to fix stuff at, at home, or on our planet first. Um, I think that that is a dying narrative at this point, and I think that the better bet is to, you know, we talk about the energy crisis and stuff like that. Well, believe me, if we can get to that asteroid belt, which is at the spatial level, right next
2: door, right, um, we solve a lot of those problems. You know yeah. and uh that's just uh that's that's really my overall uh take on it personally. Is, well,
4: and that's why it's so fascinating to me.
0: Well I don't think that we should, you know, give up on on repairing the damage we've done to the planet and putting the planet in a better place. I think we're best able to do that by
2: moving on, by leaving like if If we look we, to the stars and we start
0: putting ourselves out there rather than continuing to overpopulate and destroy where we are, that'll right. in turn save where we are. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely. and uh, the mission and focus needs to to shift more to this and more people need to get on board with the idea of it as well um, because there's not that many people doing this. Yeah. Uh, just spoiler alert. Um, you know, it's you know, Mars is about to be renamed Planet Tesla. Right. Anyway, you know, uh, more resources I think need to be dedicated to um, sp- you know, spacefaring research and things like that and technology. Uh, and I, I while a lot of money is being put thrown at it now, only fairly recently, in the past 10 years, you know, we're starting to see a ramp up and people start to take this a lot more seriously
2: uh, overall. And again, uh, I think you are right that doing this and this, again,
4: um, war drives innovation, right, by the nature of war and that piece of military-industrial complex, right? um
2: conflict drives uh drives innovation does okay unfortunately while that can be a
4: positive byproduct what you generally get out of that is uh <laughs> you know uh stuff to better kill each other with whereas oh, yeah. if you shift the focus and the drive um to a very large goal and how to solve these problems because war is a problem that needs to be solved. So many minds have to look at it and have to dedicate a lot of time and energy to winning a war. Right. Right. Well, if you apply that logic or that logic to space travel, it is a war. It's a problem. There are a lot of things that need to be solved, such as like, you know, exposure to, Radiation in space travel, and how do we stop that? Right. All that good stuff, stabilizing food, um, terraforming—all this stuff. Like it needs to be attacked. Yeah, is what is what needs th- these problems need to be attacked for us to to ex- to
3: succeed.
0: So, necessity is the mother of of, of innovation, I- right? Invention, and and I think as a global society. If we start to understand the the necessity of moving on beyond our, our planetary limitations, um, yeah. then that is where we'll really make strides. If we if we rely on war being our uh, motivation, then we're not going to yeah. move beyond that. No, we, ha- we have and to.
4: That's yeah. where we're that's where we're stuck right now is in that kind of war mode. Um, And the problem, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And it's generally speaking, a lot of the time it is not until civilization or the group is in peril that you start getting real creative with how to survive. Right. And I fear that these problems that are, that we are facing are, not being taken seriously enough uh, right now, yep. and I don't want these decisions and these problems to have to be solved
3: on when the fly.
4: Yeah, when it's full blown crisis, yep. get it done now, people. Get it done now.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of books on like ha- the Earth having like a, a an outside enemy is what we need, like because we're always like okay. We don't get on the the discussion of religion, but in human history, it's always kind of been about my God's better than your God, right? That's kind of been the MO for us for like, you know, the last 10,000 years. So what if we had an outside source causing a problem for us? Like, It doesn't matter what you believe, this thing's coming to earth and, you know, kind of like the asteroid thing, like, this is coming to Earth to destroy Earth, either we all get on the same fucking page or we perish, right? Right. Something along that lines.
0: But the the problem is there's already big, dangerous things like that, and we're ignoring them as as a culture, as a
2: society.
3: We are... Definitely a problem.
2: Yeah, we are relying on pure blind luck. Um like seriously with
4: a lot of these potential threats that are just flying through space we yeah. are relying on literally nothing but a hope and a prayer that something like the trajectories don't line up and intersect well, that's that's what we're ho- that is literally our that's our plan right now and that's yeah. not a plan at all no, it is not nothing uh you know, so that's the way it is. Hell, I think a big brain play from uh from an intelligent uh, uh, spacefaring people would just be to create some proto, you know, typical attack bot or life form, life form, and send them to invade <laughs> invade us because we'd all get on the same page real quick. Kind of like, yeah, just let them win. Just let them win. Like, you know, make it mm-hmm. hard, but let them win
3: get hurt a little but
4: let him win right <laughs> <laughs> kind of uh,
0: like you know it depresses me that that's what people need right now to, to get in fucking gear like that really yeah. upsets me but even then like the the true like the the dangers that are already right on our fucking doorstep yeah people are ignoring they're spinning it or they're just it doesn't agree with their politics or with their money so they just are willing, willingly, just ignorant, willfully ignorant or actively spreading disinformation so that we don't deal with it. The reliance on fossil fuels is ridiculous. It's just, it's mind blowing to me. Um,
4: yeah, now, well, the good ignoring those is, is one thing, right? Um, because as long as people can sit there and eat McDonald's and steak dinner, they're going to be just fine. Um, they're going to continue to ignore it, right? And the people at the tippy-top that control the vast <coughs> amount of resources and cash flow are always going to live in, like, whatever the pinnacle lap of luxury is, you know? Um, they're all—they're going to be all right. It's going to—it's, you know, one of those things. Um, it would be pretty hard to ignore an alien invasionary force, although I'm sure that some people would say that It's fake.
1: 100% <laughs> like, you know, they
4: would. I mean, but th- at that point those people don't matter. Uh, right you know. They'll be but, the
3: pain they cause, right? Yeah.
4: Facing an ex- an actual exist like an actual, you know, you know, external threat uh is 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 a completely different matter of, "Oh, wow, okay, we're being invaded." Oh, oh all right then. You know, um versus, you know, denying uh you know, ecological collapses and things like that um, you know, which again, as long as people can sit in their ivory towers, they're going to continue to do it
1: so depressing it's so depressing,
4: you know, but again, uh, to kind of try and wrap it up on a on a positive note here there there is hope <laughs> you know there 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 is hope, and we are making progress, and I think that there is an awakening that is happening Um, it's sleeping giant 2.0 people are waking up to this fact uh, with the dissemination of information and technologies Uh, people are coming around to this idea very very quickly that it is a real possibility in our lifetimes we will step foot almost certainly on an alien planet yeah one we know, and that's very close. But we'll do it. We will do it. Um, we may even see our, uh, you know, who knows, the first um, germination of a seed on on an alien planet. You know, um, that's you know, and and that's that's good. That it that is good that people are working on this, and thank God they they seem to be pretty smart. Um. Now, if we can just hold it together for these people to uh, finish their work, that's another matter. Right. Um, and all this stupid... So- these, basically, this is the main storyline. Getting off the planet is the main storyline, and we're treating it as a side quest. Well, we've got all the side quests that we're you know, going off and treating as, a, as the main storyline, which we shouldn't be doing. Right. Um, but again, I think that ideas are shifting. Uh, more people are becoming involved more money is being thrown at this which is unfortunately always a factor um big but, money Yep, yeah, but progress uh, is being made and i think that uh sadly the or the the big thing is, is i think that uh they want planet viacom uh <laughs> somewhere you know? Virgin Mobile! Um, Mars Planet Edition!
3: Mobile!
0: Everybody watching, learn from Total Recall. Don't let the corporations be our overlords. There's my tinfoil hat for you guys.
2: The class war. Oh. Yeah. That's... a subject for another stream.
4: Kinda... kinda go with the Conan ending there.
2: <laughs> but that is a tale for another day.
4: Yep exactly
0: but i think uh i think we we talked about a lot of cool shit today um we got through uh, a lot of cool uh information a lot of compelling stuff uh, a lot of cool theories so i think that'll be it for today unless you guys have anything else to add no No, i'm
3: I'm, nope that's it for me today
0: awesome um Thanks everybody for watching, Um, feel free to join the discord, you got the socials there. Uh, Keep in touch between streams and between streamcasts. If you have a suggestion for next week's topic or a topic anytime, please, please let me know. Um, That way I can, uh, you know, make sure I have good content coming for you guys. Um, and again Twitch watch party we're going to be watching Hellier I'm not sure when yet we're figuring that out Uh, but after we're done watching uh, the Hellier series I'll be
2: doing a streamcast on the subject matter uh, explored you guys have any plugs nope nope not particularly All right. well that'll be it for this week
0: uh next streamcast will likely be next week on monday as well and of course regular
2: scheduled streams throughout the week thanks for hanging out with us guys have a good one